Welcome to the Bianca Del Rio podcast. I am your host, Bianca Del Rio. And today uh, we have a true, true legend. I know the word legend and icon gets thrown around quite often. Mainly the kids are saying it, all the gays are saying it. And just throw it at anybody who's done the littlest amount of work. This lady that I'm talking to today is, I, I don't even know how to explain it. I've even had to tell her that when I was younger, I thought for sure I was straight because she's that gorgeous. But also one of the most talented and versatile ladies in show business. I mean, this lady has done film, television, recordings, Broadway stage, has been recognized by every major industry award affiliate, including four Emmy nominations, 11 Grammy nominations, a Tony nomination, three SAG Award nominations, seven NAACP Image Awards, and three Satellite Awards. Her platinum single, Colors of the Wind from Disney's Pocahontas, won the Oscar, Grammy, and Golden Globe for Best Original Song. So at this point, you know who I'm talking about. It's the amazing Vanessa Williams. I was lucky enough to be in London earlier this year, and I was completing my run in the musical Everybody's Talking About Jamie, and Vanessa was soon to be starting City of Angels at a theater not far from mine. Needless to say, I felt the need to send her a message on Instagram, and I'm sure you're thinking, oh, wow, Bianca's friends with Vanessa Williams. But I thought, why not? Complimented her on her lovely poster that was outside of her theater. She responded. So as I was sitting in my dressing room, a whole conversation began. Well, I had a chance to sit and chat with her recently, as we're all doing now over Zoom and over Skype. And it's one of those surreal things, because not only is she lovely and generous and extremely down to earth, but she came looking beautiful, as Vanessa Williams would. It was an honor to chat with her about her illustrious career, everything from stage to screen to television. I mean, she's done it all. So aside from being a singer, actress, dancer, film star, I mean, what else could she possibly do? She's also now a children's author. So sit back, relax, and take a listen while I got to chat with the Vanessa Williams. So here we are, we're back with the podcast today and I'm super excited to have our fabulous guest, the gorgeous, the glorious, the beyond talented, Miss Vanessa Williams. Hello, darling, how are you? I am wonderful, how are you? Where in the world are you? Because I know we're both not in London anymore. No, we're not. You know what's crazy? I, right after I was in London, I was doing, uh, everybody's talking about Jamie and you were there for City of Angels and you were in previews, right? Or were you guys just we about to... We were uh, one week away from opening. Ugh. Okay, so I literally wrapped up my three-month stint, and I was flying back to America, and I had two things to do. I was to buy a house, which was nice, and also get my tonsils out at 45 years old, getting my tonsils out. Okay. Uh, so I got the house in Palm Springs, and then lockdown. So I've been trapped out here in my Fabulous. house. I know, I know. I really can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you? So you, so the show was was on hold, I guess, right? And then you, yeah, flew back. you know, I I thought they said two weeks. So I said, okay, I'll leave my stuff here, bring some essentials, and go to New York, and I'll be back in two weeks. 
We had no idea. We had no, no idea. So um, I left an apartment full of stuff, and they ended up packing it up and waiting, you know, until uh, we thought it was going to be, you know, six months. And then, obviously, now this new strain. So yes. we were supposed to do kind of a uh, some concerts starting uh January 21st, we were supposed to rehearse and do it like basically the, the last week in January, first couple of weeks in February, just to get people excited again yeah. and get some investors. Yeah. And of course, with the new strain, that all got canceled because oh. everyone's on lockdown. So I'm just waiting. We'll see. Oh, you see, it's wild. I, I was walking down the street uh, in London and I saw your gorgeous billboard and Mr. Matt Crockett, who's the photographer I knew. And I randomly, you know that, I randomly on Instagram, because we follow each other, I sent the message, yeah. looking gorgeous. And that's when we started our whole conversation. So I was in my uh, dressing room in between shows and some of the kids came in and they said, what are you doing? I go, oh, just chatting with Vanessa Williams, you know, <laughs> just just texting back and forth. Um, yeah. So they were they were highly impressed. Uh, now, I must tell you, I, I think I was telling you then that the last time I saw you on stage was Kiss of the Spider Woman. I mean, oh my God. what uh, can we even just talk about that for a minute? What fabulousness you were in that role? And was yeah. that like, uh, I mean, of all the roles that you've gotten to play, that to me is one of my favorite shows. And I don't know why yeah. it hasn't been revived. What what was that experience like? So uh, that was 94, 1994, 95. Yes. Uh, for, all, for all the old gals that are out there. <laughs> I can't, it's already uh, 25, past 25 years old. It's amazing. Crazy. Um, mm-hmm. But I had gotten, um, at that point in my career, you know, as a musical theater major, had tons of theater experience doing, mm-hmm. be, be at home, in high school, summer theater, then went to college and all this stuff. So... Um, but it was not until 1994 where I got the call to say, listen, um, first they, first Garth Drabinsky, the producer, yes. uh, asked me to come in because they, the, the rumor was that Julie, they were doing, um, Showboat in Toronto. Julie might not be coming to, to, to Broadway. So I could get a chance to actually start on Broadway and do oh, a wow. run. I was like, fantastic. Yeah. You so would be amazing I, uh, as I Julie. Fish gotta swim and birds yeah. gotta fly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I sang Can't Help Loving That Man. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then he said, well, um, Actually, we want you to replace Cheetah. So have oh. you seen the show? And I said, I have not seen the show yet. Oh, God. And so they got me a ticket, yep. watched her, and, and everyone was like, oh, were you were you intimidated? And I was like, she's she's an idol. She's been yes. um, a, a legend and loved her career. And every role she's done, that's like what I've wanted to do. Yeah. But when I saw it that night, I was like, I can do this. I yes. can do this. And I and just was like, yeah. yeah. So it was one of those wonderful Perfect alignments where people that only thought I was a recording artist came in and go, oh, she has some, she, she is a stage girl. She's, she's a theater good. girl. She can do this. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I remember, good. I mean, I, I of course, I, I mean, I think for the for my teen years, I totally thought that I was a straight man because I was in love with you. And I, when I would, <laughs> when I was so excited because I had seen the show with Cheetah and met Cheetah, who is, you know, the best, just mm-hmm. the remarkable, hands down, goddess of all goddesses, just, just lovely woman. And I got to meet, at the time, Kate Best, who was Cheetah's yeah. makeup artist. Yes. Who then became like your makeup artist for everything. I remember your yeah. album covers. I remember, mm-hmm. all, I mean, always gorgeous. She's wonderful, wonderful. And I just connected with her recently on Instagram. So oh, it's been nice. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I was that 17 year old boy that met you. She took me to coffee. <laughs> Kate Best was amazing. She's like, if you want to start your career with makeup and look at my face now, a hot mess. But <laughs> stop. <laughs> those were the early years. Those were the early years. So, 
so here you are in this big show. You're doing the show, and you, you even recorded it because I have that recording as well of, of mm-hmm. Kiss of the Spider Woman. Mm-hmm. So at that time, were you thinking of doing more theater, or you were just kind of playing the field of like whatever comes my way, I'm going to roll with. I I love to do more theater, but luckily I had uh, you know films that were coming my way. I ended up doing like Bye Bye Birdie the mm-hmm. following following year for ABC TV. Yes. Then I did Eraser with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then you know after that went on the road with my music, which I hadn't yeah. done with with Luther Vandross. So I had so much going on, which was yeah. a great thing, but it was. Hard to get back to the theater just yeah. because it's such a big commitment. Huge uh, commitment. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And your life is just kind of the theater, you know, eight shows right. a week. And, right. and I'm sure you're not one who calls out. So you're <laughs> no, there, you're delivering. Yeah. yeah. So the next thing I did uh, on Broadway, but it was uh, at uh, Encores, was uh, uh, St. Louis Woman in 1998. Oh, wow. And that was a wonderful production where um, it was... The score was lost and like the the dance, um, the dance score was not, there was a lot of unfinished business in this particular um, show that hadn't been done. So it was an opportunity to record it, which we do have a great recording of it. Um, and the creators were still alive. So yeah. we got a chance to have, you know, do you the production, production with them. Yeah. yeah. And it was a spectacular show. Unfortunately, we couldn't get any, um, Jack O'Brien directed it and, yeah. um, uh, George Faison did the choreography and, uh, we, we got a lot of hype. We got great reviews, but it was a big, big show. We had full orchestra and huge, huge cast. Oh. And I think nobody wanted to take the risk on a, Black show, which is ah. mm, unfortunate yeah, yeah, yeah. back in the day. Yeah, yeah, the business is wild. Now, I know that you had gone on uh, at some point to do uh, After Midnight, which mm-hmm. was a fabulous showcase. And I know that were they, was it just that they were bringing in people for certain stints of time, right? So you did, you yeah. did a, a stint, and how did you enjoy that? After Midnight was great. I, it was just after I'd finished working with Cicely Tyson and, and Trip to Banafall yes. on Broadway, which was an amazing, uh, extraordinary experience for me. And yeah. uh, so it was great to, and that was a straight play and, and yeah. uh, you know, a lot of work. Um, but uh, to get a chance to, one of my one of my favorite comments was from Warren Carlyle, who, um, you know, did yeah. the amazing direction and choreography. And uh, when I walked in, I said, I want to dance. And yeah. he's like, you do? I said, yeah. So every number I did maximum dance, dance yeah. choreography. And after uh, we ran through all my numbers, as I had about three weeks before I was put in, he said, "Thank you for giving be- giving me be- giving me my show back." Oh, and I was like, "Brilliant!" Wow, yeah, because that yes. was like, okay, he's acknowledging my yep. artistry as the real deal, and yep. it's not just me doing my my act; it's right. me submersing myself into, into, the, the, into the, the world. Show. Yes, yes, that's amazing. Yeah, see, so. and I mean, and uh, you touched on it briefly about doing straight plays as well. Um, like, what? I mean, your preference would be straight, or would it be musicals? It doesn't matter. It's okay. who I'm working with. I mean, there you go. again, uh, I mean, I sang. Um, in, in in trip to Banneville, I just did like two bars of Blue Moon because we were supposed to be dancing together. Yeah. But just to to you know, theater whether you're doing a straight play, a comedy, a drama, a musical, it's the audience and the material and the ensemble and the yeah. direction. And when you're on fire, you're on fire. No matter what you're doing, no yeah. matter how fast your dialogue is, no matter <laughs> what laugh you get, it's it's that energy that you just can't wait 
to go back and get some more. That's why people are like, how do you do eight shows a week? Because, because it's a living, breathing thing that always changes. You know, it was funny because when I when I saw Spider Man with the Cheetah, I had asked her. I said, "How do you like? How do you do this? I mean, the show itself is is, is massive, and mm-hmm. for for Aurora Spider Woman, I mean, you're on every five seconds, in and out, different costumes. Uh, but I asked Cheetah when I said, "How do you do this eight shows a week? Like, like how do you do it?" She goes, "Because you have to, and every night you have to prove that you deserve to be there." And I thought that was brilliant advice. She's like, you know, because somebody's going to come see the show and say, "Cheetah Rivera, she didn't kick that high. Oh, she missed a step." She's like, "You've got to prove yourself to be prove that you need to be there every night." And I thought that was just a brilliant way to look at it because you know you really can't fuck it up. You got to go out there and do it. You got to <laughs> exactly. give it you know? exactly. And those days when it's raining, your bones oh. are achy, and the last oh. thing you want to do is open that door in the theater. <laughs> but then you know, half hour Magic. you get the call and you're you're ready to go. You're yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Gray days. Speaking of London. Oh, that's, it's it's always great. Now, I of course cannot go. I really can't go much further without talking about uh, what brought you back into my life again on my television was Ugly Betty. I mean, that. How did that even come about here? Was it, did you expect the phenomenon that it was? I mean, I know that it was big in Latin America and then it just blew, blew the F up uh, in America. And what was that whole experience like? Well, you know, Ugly Betty was one of those unique, um, I, after, you know, I I had done, Going back to, to, to Broadway, I'd done uh, Into the Woods with James Lapine yes. and Stephen Sondheim yes. in 2002, and that was right after 9-11. So it was kind of similar to what it is like now. Yes. Nobody, nobody's coming to New York. Right. Everyone's afraid to fly, afraid yep. of the streets. Uh, yep. So it was really tough to, um, to, to, ge- to generate get an audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it's a brilliant production. Uh, so I've yes. worked with James and Stephen. Steve. Uh, Stephen. Twice. Ah, Steve. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Steve and I. <laughs> twice. Uh, in the, yes. I did that in, in uh, Sondheim and Sondheim in 2010. And that was right at the end of Ugly Betty, which is back to how Ugly Betty came about. Um, 2006. And of course, it's it's pilot season. Back in the yeah. day, it used to be pilot season was February. You do your auditions or you'd be seen for things. And March, they would cast, you'd start, and then May, you'd know whether you got picked up or not for the fall. Yeah. Nowadays, with streaming... It's everywhere, yes. No schedule, yeah. Mm-hmm. No schedule. Is it eight, yeah. is it eight episodes? 10, 12? <laughs> we don't 22? know. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but that was back in, in 06, and my father had died in January, and uh, I was devastated. It was unexpected. We were all just devastated. So... Um, Pilot season came up. I had gotten interest in this show called Ugly Betty. And I said, you know, I'm going to Egypt. I'm bringing my family there. I had friends there. We just want to cruise the Nile and just, we need to just to be. be a family. Just yeah. be. Yeah. Uh, they said, well, you know, can the producers call you? I said, if they can get me on the Nile, sure. And of course, <laughs> wait, didn't, wait. didn't happen. You just, you just threw out Stephen Sondheim's name and if they can get me on the Nile. I mean, this is, this is why I love you. <laughs> Honey, get me on the Nile. Exactly. Get me on the Nile. Nile, baby. Let's see if we got reception on the Nile. Yes, okay. So you're on the Nile. Yeah, exactly. And it did not happen. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> so they cast somebody else. No. Was, yeah. They cast somebody. Uh, they cast um, a another actress who, uh-huh. um, I, I, I don't know whether I should throw her name out. Yeah. There, yeah. Anyway, okay. So someone else. She, yeah. They, and uh, they got to the table read and apparently after the table read, Sylvia Orta, who was our... Um, our creative, and unfortunately, 
committed suicide last year. <gasps> oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Wow. Last January. Whoa. Um, yeah. So anyway, he um, he looked at the other producer and called my agent and said, we need we Vanessa need... Williams tomorrow. Okay. And I got a frantic call. And I was doing, I was singing with uh, Sting, uh, oh. Martina McBride, and uh, uh, who somebody somebody else. Um, we were doing, a, when Katie Couric used to have her benefits for colon oh, cancer. Yes. 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 So that was doing one of their benefits. And we were doing a, a Motown Supremes number and all this stuff. And they said, "Listen, you 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 got to go to this show, and they want you to do it." And I said, "Fine." Uh, walked in. Luckily, all the all the costumes happened to fit. Pat Fields was there. No. The, was there the trailer? <laughs> Just you know. lit up. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, good. Try this. I go. Looks great. Okay. Well, so. let's, but, but let's be real for a minute. It's like it's not going to be that difficult to dress you. I mean, I'm sure. And yeah. I mean, how fabulous to have you come in. Put it all on, and you get to be this cunning super bitch. I mean, it, it, it what it reminded me of, which I, you know, growing up, I loved Dynasty and mm-hmm. and Dallas and all yeah. of that cutthroat stuff. So it was like, kind of like this homage to that on that yeah. level, you know, high camp and gorgeousness. Right. So well, you that's just, ex- yeah, that's exactly di- what Sylvia wanted, uh, you know, because uh, he was trying to when he was pitching the idea. First, it was Betty was going to be a, a secret agent. And they were okay. like, no. And then, <laughs> and then um, you know, with, with Meryl Streep and the Han- Anna Hathaway. Yeah, uh, Devil's Prada. Prada was just out. And I think it was like that that glamour, yeah. modern uh, world of fashion lent itself perfectly for, yeah. for Ugly Betty. So they changed to that. And then I, I stepped in and it just, and again, we shot at New York. Um, I had four different kids in four different schools, all oh, in New York. I was like, perfect, a New York show. I it's, can go in, come home, yeah. it'll be perfect. So uh, I was in Holland uh, doing a musical theater thing, um, and um, uh, they called and said, here's this DVD. And uh, back in the day. Oh, I was DVDs. just thinking about it. I <laughs> still got a DVD player. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't knocking it. <laughs> exactly. And so I watched it. I go, this is, this is funny, but yeah. it'll never get picked up because it's so unusual. Right. Because, you know, we had not network. seen anything. No, exactly. you had not seen it, especially, you know, a, a Hispanic family, uh, number one. That was shocking altogether. But exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, then I get a call that uh, they it got picked up. Is it fantastic? Perfect. I can yeah. live in New York, shoot it. And then they said, well, we're, we're moving it to L.A. I said, no. you told me it was a New York show. No. <laughs> right. I said, I got four kids in four different schools. No. They said, yeah. well, they'll, they'll recast and go fine. Have them recast. <gasps> so then they came back like three days later and said, okay, what can we do? <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> I, lo- I just love Catch Me on the Nile. Go ahead and recast. I mean... You're my kind of bitch. You just say, look, honey, listen, I, I got a life here. This is what's going on. Yeah, exactly. So, and then, I mean, it was many seasons. How many seasons was it total that you guys did? Four. Four. Only four. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's so two, two in LA. And then they yeah. came back after the financial crisis in 08. They brought yeah. us back to bring basically more, you know, more production to New York. So they yeah. pay for everything to bring our whole production to New York. So, uh, so yeah, first two seasons were L.A. and second were in New York. And, yeah. and forever iconic. Well, we're going to take a short break and we'll be back with Vanessa Williams in a minute. Let's hear a word from our sponsor. Mm-hmm. 
I am back with the glorious Miss Vanessa Williams, and we were just chatting about Ugly Betty, which most of us, especially if you're gay, you know, we live for Ugly Betty. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Vanessa being the ultimate witch of a boss, which was so fabulous to watch. But also, you've also uh, an author here. Now, I know that you've written uh, a new book. It's called Bubble Kisses, and it was mm-hmm. actually just released in 2020. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you want to yeah. tell me a little bit how that come about? I mean, after being a star of stage, screen, <laughs> film, symphony, I mean, girl. Girl. Get, gotta keep it going. <laughs> gotta keep it moving. You. You're doing it good. <laughs> uh, Bubble Kisses came about. I was given a song oh, 25 years ago. Okay. Um, and I said, one of these days I'm going to do a children's album. So I had this song in my head for years. And I was actually at my the move-in, uh, an orientation for my youngest daughter who was in college now. And uh, I ran into one of the other mothers who said, listen, I, I work for Sterling Publishing. We'd love to work with you. Ever thought about writing a book? And I said, well, I wrote a book with my mom in right. 2012, but um, I have an idea for a children's book. And she said, I'd love to to meet with you. And we got back to New York and we met. And um, I, I said, this is the song that I have in my head, but I want to develop it. So it's a, a it, it's there's a CD that comes yes. with it. You can also get it online for those people that don't yes. have CD players. <laughs> <laughs> you can download it. It's uh-huh. on Spotify and iTunes and all that stuff. But it's called Bubble Kisses, and it's about a little girl who has a goldfish named Sal, and mm-hmm. uh, she brings her her goldfish everywhere. But at night, they go uh, under the sea together in their dreams, and they Aww. turn into mermaids. So it's basically it's, my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's basically my life with drag. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, do you think you're gonna you're gonna continue with your children's books? You think you're gonna do a series? Are you like, eh, let's see? We're we're looking at developing it right now, which is Brilliant. really good because also. Imagery, which came out at a perfect time. It's a beautiful black girl with brown skin and Afro yes. puffs. The the mermaids are all different shades of, yes. of brown and tan and different hair textures. And it was great to provide an image of a black mermaid that, yeah. again, you don't see normally. But with this past year in 2020, so much advocacy uh, yes. has, has, has cropped up due to all the horror that we witnessed and Without everyone's showing their true colors, which is oh. scary. Oh, mm-hmm. uh-huh. you see, my yeah. latest thing has been the, not necessarily the block button. I mute them because then they, yes. they can't see that I've muted them, but I'm like, I can't take a shit. I can't, I can't, I can't. It's fascinating. I, it, it, I did the uh, same thing. I've I'm done, like, yeah. Bye, girl. Bye. Catch me on the Nile. Catch me on the Nile. <laughs> well, that's and that's amazing that the book is now available. So make sure that you check out the book Bubble Kisses by Miss Vanessa Williams. And also it has a, a CD for us elderly folk. And you can download it on the same name yeah, as well. Yeah, with the song. Yeah. I mean, because I heard so much Baby Shark. I go, I need to bring some <laughs> some, some some music, some more music out. And it's a really cool kind of Andrew, Andrew Sisters kind of 1940s uh, kind of hip to it. Yeah, and, and yeah. we all know you can sing. I mean, yeah. you know, we know Miss Vanessa, Baby Shark. Don't put it in the same category. I would like, like, who comes up with that shit, Baby Shark? Now, of course, we have to talk about RuPaul's Drag Race because you have been, which we thank you immensely, a huge supporter of the show. And I mean, we got to love any goddess who loves the queens. So you've been on the show quite a few times. And then you did the celebrity, what was it called? Celebrity All-Stars, was it called? Or when you went in and actually yeah, got yeah. in full drag. Yes, and yeah. What was that? Ex- I mean, what was that experience it's, like for you? It's a lot more work on the other side of the stage. I'll tell <laughs> yes. you that. It's yeah. so much easier getting uh, getting getting your outfit on and then judging oh. for a day. You're done. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But ooh, ooh. it's exhausting. <laughs> 
getting ready in the, and the interviews afterwards and then getting ready just to do your interviews and then uh-huh. the challenges and like uh-huh. coming up on that, that stuff is real. So anyone who thinks those, we oh. have no idea what the challenge is, nope, by the way. Nope, nope, so, nope, nope, you know, nope. they, even as celebrities, we didn't get like, uh huh. So you're, yeah, you know, the, the clock starts then and you are just yeah, ready to you- do it. I think now you realize why every drag queen is a total bitch. <laughs> because you just, you're uncomfortable, your feet hurt. Standing on the runway, isn't that oh, like, that's like, I took girl. my shoes off. You can't do it. <laughs> and you know what I love is, you know, RuPaul's behind that desk with sweatpants under his dress and his house shoes. <laughs> I'm like, the nerve, the nerve. But, but what it, I but I love about it, I mean, uh, you know, growing up in New York and having drag be part of the New York lifestyle since I've grown yeah, up. Yeah, of course. But also having my kids embrace it and now America embraces, embraces it, it. That's the crazy thing I, and the wonderful thing that we've come so far that everybody is like, can't wait to see the next episode and are know, in I, it. I thought what was so great about it, too, it kind of normalizes what drag is to a level yes. where they go, oh, I get it. You know, because for me, it was never about uh, identity. It was I'm an actor and this is mm-hmm. just what I do, you know. Right. So having to explain that to people where the lines are usually blurred, it's nice now that it's in people's living rooms. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've been traveling doing shows and I'll have a 13 year old boy with his grandmother, you know, coming mm-hmm. to hang out and say yeah. hello. I'm like, you see, yeah. that's pretty amazing. You know, yeah. the fact that that people can relate to it and see it for what it is. You know, it's, exactly. it's entertainment. It's not real. You know. I mean, you know, not serious, you know, but uh, it is an amazing thing. And you've been on the show quite a few times and you had that experience with being in drag. And do you say to yourself, is it easier just to be your glamorous self or is it harder to be? uh, Is is it harder now? Do you find yourself putting on a little more makeup? Do you find yourself adding another piece of jewelry after being in drag? (laughs) (laughs) Well, but, but, you know, I'm in my drag right now. And it's good drag. Thank you. Thank you. I got my lashes on because my my extensions fell out. So I didn't have time to go get some new lashes. So it's, you know, there's a a level of... um, uh, expectability, I, I don't know, yeah. that people expect to see you at. So at, yeah. at 57 years old, Get I got to put a little, a little more effort to, you know, hide like, well, the age marks and oh, get everything you, nice you and tight. You look good. You look good, you. bitch. Thank I'm you. telling you. No, look, carve you out look the, good. Carve out the chin. Got a, <laughs> I was like, oh. I love it. I love it when they start wearing the turtlenecks where it just starts to eat their face and it's getting higher. It's like, get your neck done. Get your neck done. But you, you do what you can do. You, you do what you can do. Well, I truly cannot thank you enough for taking the time to talk to me today. I truly adore you. I, I worship you. I'll see you in anything that you've got going on anytime oh. I can. And, and you know, just keep plowing through. I got to say, you're just one of these people that I, I respect and admire because you've plowed through it and still going, you know, and got still your hand going. in everything. And that is amazing. And it's a testament to your brilliant and fabulous career. So thank you so, so well, much. And thank you for loving the gays because we love you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I told you, you I'm gay. I'm gay. You know, just, just so you know. <laughs> well, so, I love you. I love everyone. And uh, I, I feel so... Uh, so connected, but also it's it's in my DNA, the LGBTQ um, community, because uh, people say, why, you know, why did you advocate so early? It's like my life, yeah. you know, I was one of the lucky ones. My, my mom had gay friends growing up, yeah. you know, so I was, my dad was completely accepting and, and wonderful. So I grew up in a, in a, a household that recognized everyone. You were taught and, right. You yeah, were taught, I was taught right. right. And my kids yeah. were taught right. Yeah. And I think we're getting to that world where we are observing so much uh, that we can embrace as right and and 
peaceful and we've yep. got to we've got to move on and i think we're after everything we've gone through oh. this has been like a major major shift so i, yes. I love it well mm-hmm. i've got my fingers crossed and i cannot thank you thank you enough for joining me today and i can't love wait to you. see what you do next thank you thank you thank you bye Starbanes Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.